Hello and welcome to episode 175 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director and a producer. And I'm Robbie McCain, director, producer. And today... We are delighted to be talking with director Matt Eskandari about his brand new feature, Survive the Night, which is out now and stars Bruce Willis. So what does Matt talk about? He talks about going to Ridley Scott's office and getting his 35mm film cutoffs to make his first short it's an incredible story. You'd so want to hear that. He also talks about how he first co-directed Trusting Actors More and how to elevate the material and how to create claustrophobia. He also talks about shooting a feature film in 10 days whilst maintaining a strong vision, how to use the camera to tell your story and working with a single location thriller. So how do you make all that interesting? What you do is you cast Bruce Willis. He also talks about how to direct the great man himself. It's an absolute joy of an episode and I cannot wait for you lot to hear it. What are you saying, Robbie? You edited it. Oh, is it's any a good? peach. Yeah. All of that to come mm-hmm. on the Filmmakers it's Podcast. It's a peach. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of great advice and people working with Ridley Scott, I wanted to just shout out a few of the episodes in the past that you might have missed along the way. Because Mark Strong does a full episode on working with legends such as Ridley Scott and Danny Boyle and Guy Ritchie. It's really worth you listening to. We also have one from director Scott Mann about how he directed Robert De Niro. And also the wonderful actor Tim Spall talks about Harry Potter and working with directors. They are separate episodes. And if you want to listen to those, go to thefilmmakerspodcast.com and just type in the names. We're going to put links to those episodes in the show notes for you. So we got you. So you've no excuses now. They are brilliant and totally worth your time. So you can go to the website to find them. The website is thefilmmakerspodcast.com where you can also find our new merch. We're not just cashing in on this because we don't make any money from Redbubble. We let it get about a pound, so it just pays for setting it up. There is amazing face masks on there, uh, so why not go get one and help support? Go out there, stay safe with Filmmakers Podcast face masks. No. We've got some other good news as well. Today, I went on a free development workshop, which is run by Screen Skills, and that was hosted by people who've worked with the BBC and in terms of commissioning. And I really recommend, it. and it was free. It's just one of the things that you can take advantage of if you're working from home or remotely is uh you know wonderful kind of workshops and seminars that are online today yeah screen skills are really cool if you don't know about them and you're a filmmaker do you're starting out it is perfect plus you can do your coronavirus test as well and you can get the um, certificate which means you're safe on set or you mm-hmm. understand the safety on set i've done mine i got 20 out of 20 just saying i've Robbie. done mine too yes and i passed well, how many did you get i don't recall but i think it was oh, 20 out of 20 <laughs> <laughs> of course it was 2020 vision in 2020 and i suppose i want to give you guys some advice at the moment because i know it really is tough out there it is it must feel bleak because it does for me sometimes even though i've got movies out and it just it's a strange time so i just want to i feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel i feel like 
something's changing for us and it for the better it has to be um producing another movie with lucinda and it's uh, we start shooting in a month's time it's called repeat and i'm really looking forward to it but with full covid safety don't lose faith it can be done you are on the right path i promise you even listening to this it means you're on the right path you believe in yourself and your filmmaking ability so don't stop and we're here to help you so be inspired and be prepared and go out and make your new film. I do believe in that. So Giles, you went to the uh, Break premiere. Yes, I did. Uh, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, Break, thank you so much for all your love you gave us. But I went to the premiere, Robert, drive the drive-in premiere. Yeah. Wow. It was brilliant. It was my first ever drive-in and what an experience. And yes, everyone was so cool there and really nice and everyone was respectful and appreciated what they were trying to do. It's doing a few more drive-ins around the country, the UK, so do look out for that. Go to breakfilms.co.uk and check it out. But yeah, next week we have the fantastic and lovely Ben Moll, the director of Robbie. What's the movie he's just directed? Behind the Line, Escape to Dunkirk. It is amazing, really cool. That's going to be out in a couple of weeks as well. And he's going to be joined by Lucinda Rhodes-Takra, who will also be co-hosting with us next week. So look forward to that, definitely. Fantastic, Giles. But now, let's get to Matt Eskandari. Before you enjoy it, give us some love. Tell me, if you like this, pass this on. Help your fellow filmmakers, help us as well, and let people know about it. Go to our Twitter and retweet our tweets at FilmmakersPod. Robbie, you're a star. Thank you for editing this. Uh, enjoy, everyone. I never expected to be sued as a doctor. I'm thinking of settling. What am I supposed to do? What do you want me to say, Rich? Suppose I was one of your patients. What do you tell me? I tell you to fight. Yeah. On the search for two fugitives suspected of armed robbery earlier this evening. I need a doctor. Is that him? Yeah, that's him. This is perfect. Isolated, remote. My brother already has your wife and kid. You're operating, dog. My brother dies? I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill your daughter. I'm gonna kill your wife. And I'm gonna kill your dad. Are we gonna be okay? Used to be the, the big dog in town. Don't try anything. When you start cutting, bite on this. Um, I'm obviously delighted to have with me on the podcast, Matt Eskandari. How are you doing, buddy? We're doing great, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed Survive the Night. I actually really enjoyed it. It was uh, a really well-made movie, great performances. Uh, Bruce Willis doing his thing, you know. Some, I really enjoyed it. I thought, well done, man. Really well done. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun one to make. It was definitely my favorite of the bruce trilogy that i've gotten a chance to to work with bruce three times and this was the second one and this was definitely my favorite for sure it's incredible it's it's an amazing achievement so before we dive straight into survive the night and trauma center and all your other bits and pieces if it's all right with you we'll jump back so what we like to do on the podcast is find out the beginning to find out the start and how and why and uh, the reasons for and how you got funding how you got money how you made through different stages it's i find it fascinating so do our listeners so i know that you were on the lot 
the, the Spielberg slash um, TV show. And also on that program was Phil Hawkins, who's a, a regular guest host and has been on this podcast quite a few times. And also Zach Lipovsky was also in your series and he's been on the podcast right. a few times as well. Oh, wow. Um, but, so, yeah, so it's a really nice connection. What I found by doing all these podcasts and stuff is everyone knows everyone. It's a nice <laughs> connection. It's really cool. Nice. So tell us about your start, how you got to even get on On The Lot and how that worked for yeah, you. Yeah, uh, God, On The Lot was as a while ago. It was, um, it was an interesting experience. I think I'm actually still friends with Facebook friends with Phil. I don't know. I might. Yeah, I yeah, you are. You are. I messaged ages. him the other day because I really yeah, want yeah. him to do this with you. But Yeah, that would have been fine. I haven't spoken yeah. to him in like a decade. But yeah. um he uh so, so so yeah so um so my story is i went to usc film school nice i studied uh, critical studies which is not really production it's more just basically critical. critically analyzing movies and watching a lot of films taking classes on like hitchcock and uh spielberg film noir film history which is actually i think a better education in mm. filmmaking than just learning you know exposures on a camera and actual production stuff because i think that's the kind of stuff you just learn by doing yes whereas actually watching get basically watching hundreds of movies and having to write essays on them and hearing professors talk about them is actually i feel like more educational that's as a fascinating filmmaker. Because yeah. not many people have said that. And this is, you know, I think you're only about two people who've said that they really enjoyed that whole side of it. What was it that made you feel like you could, because you're watching amazing movies and you're analyzing them and you're sort of saying, well, okay, that's how they did that shot or that shot. So how did you feel that it really helped you? I feel like it forced you to, first of all, just uh, understand the history of cinema, what other filmmakers have done, what other directors have done, uh, just looking at it like, let's say, a specific filmmaker like Hitchcock, understanding his voice as a director, what he did, how he dealt with issues of his time, how he was talking about issues of his time, and then just exploring how the aesthetics of cinema changed over time, right? So it went from the 50s and then into the 70s and the French mm -hmm. New Wave and more avant-garde filmmaking and then went into the 80s and then got more into like that gritty dark stuff and you really understand how the aesthetics developed over a century mm -hmm. and then as you kind of develop your own voice as a filmmaker you start looking back at some of the other stuff and oh, i love that stuff or i love the way that you know this filmmaker did this or you kind of you start unconsciously sort of like picking elements of different you know filmmakers and directors that you kind of incorporate into your own voice mm -hmm. so it's it's to me i feel like it was just almost like a like a education on history of movie making and for me it just i feel like it put me ahead in terms of understanding different genres and it just really just you know opening up my mind to to different films like kurosawa like kurosawa yeah. movies japanese cinema mm -hmm. i mean to this day some of my favorite films like seven samurai ron uh all those movies from like Kurosawa are just like incredible works of filmmaking and art and just seeing like the way he uses color, the way he uses composition, all those things. Like, obviously, you know, you might not get, get to that point where you're, you're doing that intricate level of, 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 of filmmaking, but you can draw from that. You get inspiration from, from those kind of films. And it's totally and true. I'm reading this fantastic book at the moment called Mr. And Mrs. Hollywood, which is all about Lou Wasserman, who was the, 
owner, if you like, of Universal Studios, where Hitchcock did a lot of his films, if not most of his films. And it's really fascinating to hear exactly what you're talking about now. But Hitchcock was making those movies on the Universal lot and how he was doing it and how when Spielberg then got, uh, you know, after E.T., he got built uh, his own annex, which is Amblin on Universal Studios. Uh, at first, uh, Lou Wasserman said, why don't you take Hitchcock's office and Hitchcock's beautiful space he said I can't do that because I'd always feel in the shadow uh, <laughs> but you're right it's that whole history of movies which I find fascinating I think it's really interesting and it does guide you as a filmmaker but I did it the other way around from you I w was making stuff um, mm. and now I'm learning all that sort of stuff and I find it fascinating but yeah there's two sides to it and I think it's really interesting you chose that side yeah um, no it's it's definitely it's two different sizes but ultimately I mean the way to learn how to make movies is you have to make them. So there was, there is that period where you're like, okay, there's only so much studying you can do. You got to uh -huh. get on set you and, and it. try yeah. it and do it yourself. But it's just, it's a fascinating kind of like dichotomy, uh, being able to see different sides of that and kind of learning from other, the generations that came before you, right. Is totally. the way I look at it. Huge. Yeah. So what was that feeling like when you first stepped on? Because you made quite a few shorts and some really cool. Yeah. So, so well. from USC, I mean, it's so, it's so fascinating because I don't know if my career is like, if any young filmmaker today could even emulate what I did just because it was such a different time, mm. you know, like 10 right. years ago, but it's interesting to compare. Like, so when I went to USC, made a bunch of shorts there was no youtube back then right so you just no. would shoot a lot of shorts put them on dvds and try send to get people off. to watch them send them off to, <laughs> yeah. to like agents and managers and friends and yeah 360p you want it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> terrible oh my exactly. god terrible call. yeah looking oh. back like I, I can't remember i used to cut my reel on like vhs or dvd and it just boggles my mind how oh nasty god. it must have looked oh. but uh so I was at USC, you know, I did a lot of shorts. And then um, my last year at USC, since I was in the uh, the critical studies program, I didn't get like, if you're in production, they'll pay for you to basically shoot a short film, like a thesis film or something, right? right. Since, I was, since I was in critical studies, I had to do it myself. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll just use all the, I'll find a way to like sneak around and use all the equipment here and kind of take advantage on a USC film student. Right. Nice. So, yeah. so I was able to kind of game it a little bit. And I basically did my own short film, which was a, a film called the taking. It's like a uh, 12 minute horror film about a yeah. little girl trapped in a house and she's being kind of haunted by these spirits and, and uh, that film opened up a lot of doors because it went into some film festivals. It won Best Short Film at Screamfest. Mm -hmm. And uh, it landed me my first agent, which was like, I was only like 21, 22 at the time. And uh, and it opened up a lot of doors. So next thing you know, I'm going to like these meetings with like executives and they're asking me like to pitch them projects. And it was it was a cool kind of experience for somebody that young. That's um, amazing. That really yeah. is amazing from a short film. I mean, most totally. people do talk about this a lot and they go, oh, I'm going to make a short and I'm going to send it out and hopefully get an agent. And a lot of the time filmmakers these days won't get an agent. It's just so unlikely. What do you think it was that you did? Did you write a really cool cover letter? Did Was there anything different? You did, no, I think it, it, yeah, I think it could just comes down to the short itself yeah. was well executed and it won uh, Scream Fest. And this was a different time. This was 2005, 2006. There, was, um, there wasn't as many... 
as much content being made back then, right. right? There was less. Yeah, and so, DV cameras and stuff like that, and people trying totally. to tell Whereas you probably shot totally. on film, right? Did you shoot uh, on? 35, baby. It was shot on 35. It was shot on 35 short ends. I don't know if you know what that uh, is. Oh, yeah, but, I know. Yeah, yeah. That cast so it was offs shot on, from other people. Yep, cast offs. And, um, so and I still... They, I, go on, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, I still remember... Um, one of the funny stories is I was working as an intern at the time for okay. uh, Ridley Scott and Associates. I don't, nice. know, I don't know if you know yeah. this company, RSA, but RSA. So I was working at RSA. I was an intern there. I still remember Tony and Ridley used to come into the office all the time. I used to like, you know, like try to like, I'd be like, can I go get Tony's cappuccino or something? Yeah, exactly. So I'd like to get his cappuccino. <laughs> so I can have a conversation. And then like, I slowly started like building a little, like Tony was gone for this huge period, but then, I remember one time I went to, to Ridley's office and I was like, is there, I talked to his assistant. I was like, is there any way I can just talk to Ridley Scott for like 10 minutes, man? Mm-hmm. Just, I just want to get his advice on like filmmaking and stuff. And then finally, like this one Friday when it was like really dead in the office, they're like, yeah, you can come talk to Ridley. You can have like a one-on-one. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. So I went in there and had a, like, and I was only like 19 or 20 at the time. This was before I made that short film, uh-huh. but I was like in his office sitting down and I was asking him, like, man, you know what kind of... I love Blade Runner, man. It's one of my favorite movies. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This is before I think he did Gladiator. It was around that time. It was, yeah, sure. Yeah, it was, it was around that time. But I was like, yeah, like, do you have any advice? This, that. He's, his advice was just go make a movie. Just go shoot something right now. Like, I don't want to hear anything. Just, like, go out there, shoot a movie. And and, and he, he actually was like, do you need any, like, 35 millimeter short ends? Wow. And I was like okay yeah he's like yeah go in my office right there's like a huge cabinet full of like 35 millimeter short end and i was like really okay so then those were the like it wasn't all the short ends that i used but those were part of the short ends that i'd used for my first film the taking so he i was like okay ridley's telling me to go make a movie now better fucking do it now i better do it you know what i mean he's giving me 35 millimeter short ends to go shoot a movie so no excuse and did you have an idea at that point did you he was like oh great thanks ridley not at all (laughs) not at all i was like okay i need to get off my butt now and actually do it because ridley have you got any ideas in that drawer of yours (laughs) doing one yeah exactly so i was like okay this is motivation here man he's he's literally just giving me short ends and tell me to go make a movie so i can't i can't say no now totally now what you're gonna do yeah you have to go do it and you did and what a success you know from like i say getting an agent screen fest award uh, it's brilliant Uh, and then and then from there you got to go on the lot with mark burnett and steven spielberg right is that how it i mean it's a couple of years totally no that's 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 how it kind of uh snowballed into that so the taking kind of land i shot another short film for on the lot that they needed you to shoot like a, uh, another short. So it was between, it was with the taking and another short film that I did. I basically got selected. Like, I think it was like the top 20 out of, what was it? Like 10,000 filmmakers yeah, 15, that applied 15,000 yeah. or something crazy like that. Mm. So it was, um, it was a great experience. I mean, it was definitely an eye opener. I mean, looking back, I think, uh, it was more of just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, like, I didn't make it into like the top 10 or anything like that. So my experience was like, I was on like, I think the first episode and then I got kicked off. So I didn't make it very far, but it was a cool experience just to see, you know, these other filmmakers and be around other, you know, other up and coming directors and just kind of, and I still, and like I'm Facebook friends and kind of keep in touch with a few of them, like Jarrett, do you know Jarrett Lee Conway? I think. Yeah, sure. Of course. There was, there was uh, some other filmmakers that, we're in like the top 50 or top 60 that yeah. I'm still in touch with. Like we still like 
you know, shoot the shit every once in a while and catch yeah. up. And it's been interesting. I mean, it's definitely was a cool experience. I mean, the fun thing about it was more just the relationships that you made, right? I mean, Absolutely. just the people you met. That's what it's so, about, right? I mean, yeah. I think this industry for me is all about who you know. And it doesn't matter if we're all directors or if you're all producers in a room. You're all helping each other. And the more you do, the more you, each other should help each other. You know, it, it's it's not a competition. There's enough space for us all to go make a film, you know. Totally. So I always think we rely on each other and we should do. And that's what I've loved about doing this podcast is meeting so many directors and fellow producers and stuff because we're all in the same boat and we're all totally. trying to make movies and trying to survive and do it. And any advice we can give each other, well, I think that's a bonus and it, it really helps. 100%. Um, so then you went on to, to your first feature film, Victim. Uh, how did it come about? because that you know, was uh yeah that was uh, the first one that i directed that was mm -hmm. um was a company that i it was funny is i had found this that, well they had a script i pitched to direct it and there was already somewhat like a director attached to it but i loved <laughs> the script so much i was like well let's like team up and do it so i co-directed it with uh with another director yeah and um it was a, it was a good experience. I mean, it was my first. I was only twenty three at the time. Wow, twenty four. And I was directing wow. a feature. Yeah, uh, and it was a, a like it was a dark script. I mean, I don't even know if that film could get made today. It's so effed up. I mean, it was it was a dark movie. <laughs> sure, but uh, but uh, it was around the saw time. So uh, it was around the saw time. So, yeah, it was around the saw time. So it yeah. dealt with like torture and mm -hmm. but it was more of a psychological disturbing psychological yeah. thriller about a, a, a man that gets turned into a woman against his will yep. so for purposes of revenge but um yeah it was it was an interesting experience i mean it's funny looking back we shot that on 35 wow. in in 18 days i think it was 18 days and then yep. survive the night we shot in 10 days wait you know what i mean so stop. it's stop like, <laughs> stop yeah you shot survive the night with bruce willis in 10 days 10 days man oh 10 my days. god <laughs> wait yeah. i can't wait to talk about that that's amazing yeah. huge congratulations Thanks, I, man, yeah. I, there was no way to guess that that's yeah. really impressive you've got car chases you've got action you've got fights you've I got know. blood and stabs you are a hero you are a hero sir <laughs> it's insane uh, that's man. amazing um j j j we'll get to that i can't wait but you yeah. would uh, you co-directed how did it feel to co-direct i mean it was a cool experience to actually do it once i definitely Afterward, I wasn't keen on doing it again. Not that it was a bad experience or anything. No, but you've got but to I share just, duties, and that's difficult. It's not it's easy. It's difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like everything you do, you, I mean, you have to share your ideas with another person. So it's not just like you, you, you have to have a very strong bond with the person. Yeah. And I think it's challenging. You know, that, I, that's why a lot of like I see a lot of husband and wife directing totally. teams or, yeah, brother or and brother brother brother, and sisters yeah. and stuff like that. So it's one of those things where you're like you're giving up a lot of trust to a person because there are times when you're like, wait, was that the right? Oh, that was a bad idea, man. What are you, what are you doing? But uh, <laughs> it's um, it's definitely one of those things where it was uh, I just I'm glad I got to, you know, tell that story and. Well, of course, you've got to make a movie. And I think at 23 as well, and I think anyone making a movie is, it's an incredible experience and it's an incredible thing. And it's so hard to actually go make a movie. And you must have yeah. had a reasonable budget. It can't have been shot on, you know, 20 grand, 30 grand. So no, was, no, that was around like 1.5 million or something like that. Wow, so it was for your first back then, feature. For back then too. In like shot on 35, yeah. 35, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a nice budget. And, How did you it know, come about then? How did you get... For, you know, first time directing. That one was, I shot a short film. If you can look it up online, it's called Retribution. The Retribution, I shot this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I shot this short film sort of as like a trailer 
for the feature. And when the producers saw that, they're like, oh, wow, this guy's got a vision for it. He knows how he wants to make it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they raised the financing. So I think it was like a mix of like uh, pre-sales and equity kind of combined together. Okay. I mean, they had a track record, these producers that had made that film. They'd worked with uh, some, some talent, like Paul Walker. They made a Paul Walker movie before. And so they had, they had some, um, yeah, this had some behind them, so it's like, well, it's totally, not a problem to totally, go and make yeah. this. But you didn't totally. have any big names in the movie, you know, and no, that's we didn't. quite incredible that you could, I mean, sometimes with horror you don't necessarily, but still, for a movie of that budget, you must have felt, like, on top of the world, and also shit scared. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, no. It was, um, it was actually, it's interesting, uh, I've read different stuff about, as a filmmaker, your first movie is always... Um, it's always like that thing where you're the most excited for it. Mm-hmm. And there's always this sort of different kind of energy when you make your first feature or your first film, because you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. So you're always going in there with sort of like blind ambition totally. and the first experience sort of not jades you, but like it's, it's, it's learning experience. You know what I mean? You realize, okay, um, uh, you know, every movie isn't going to be a day. Like, I'm not going to try to be the next David Lynch or something. You know what I mean? I just got to mm-hmm. make the movie work and the story makes sense or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes there's that, um, humbling, you know what I mean? When you make mm-hmm. that first movie. So it's, it's interesting experience looking back on, uh, you know, your first film, your first, your first feature. I, I agree. I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on making that first film and it has to be the big breakout hit and all that. I, I disagree. I, I personally don't think it does. I think you need to make movies and the more movies you make, the better you become as a filmmaker. Um, 100%. Because otherwise people are hanging on for that first one to get the best cast, get the most money, get this, that and the other. Or they don't make a second one because they're going, well, it has to be bigger. It has to be amazing. Well, just go make a movie. Go make totally. another one because your distributors, your investors don't, mind they just want to see you can make movies and they can trust you to make another one um, 100%. and speaking of which then you get onto game of assassins which was called something else as well i think it had different yeah titles. that was that was a bit of a uh definitely i mean looking back that was um sort of like a lower point in my career in the sense that it was a much more challenging film to get made because it's, it's an action it, adventure it's, it's like a game it was, there, was a, there was a lot of elements that happened first of mm-hmm. all it, i shot that film right after victim around 2010 or 11 ish okay it took it took about two and a half maybe even three years to go through post on that film mm-hmm. because uh we i was we were really young at the time it was like i was like 24 or 5 or something like that and then the producers were also in our early 20s we went to china we shot this film in China. Wow. Uh, we were dealing with a lot of stuff that we couldn't handle. We ran out of money mm-hmm. at the end of production. So we had no money for post and we had to figure out a way to basically complete the film without, without any funding. Um, oh my and then gosh. we came, yeah. So then we came back to LA and then, and I was sort of like, um, that advice that you just gave about just make movies, just do it. Mm-hmm. At the time, I didn't understand that advice, right? So I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to do anything else. We're going to finish this movie. This is going to be the movie that lands me like a studio film job or something. Yes. Right? I'm going yeah. yeah. to get a $100 million movie when I when I when people see this movie. And so that it kept dragging, right? Post kept dragging. And then we got entangled with this these shady producers that came on board that tried to help us, but then they... It turned into this mess, like a lawsuit or something crazy like that. It dragged on for another year. 
meanwhile, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make any more movies. Like, I'm, I'm going to get this film done first. I got to get this done and then we'll move on to the next thing. So it turned into this thing basically dragged on for almost three years, three or four years. Right. And by the time the film got made, it was a mess. I mean, the story didn't make sense. Like, the script was kind of like convoluted. Mm. I wasn't really happy with it. And right. it didn't turn out anything like the way I was hoping. So it was like, we got like a very limited like uh, film festival. It came out in a couple film festivals and went to VOD, but then they and then they changed the title to it was called The Gauntlet, but then they changed the title to Game of Assassins. I was like, what the fuck? Like that has nothing to do with the movie. Like what the Why? So yeah. it was like it was definitely and then when that film came out, I was like a huge low point in my career. It was like two thousand thirteen or fourteen. I was like I was very jaded. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this directing filmmaking thing anymore. This thing, you know, it it was like a gut punch to me where I was like, I don't F this career. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if this is for me. You know what I mean? So mm, yeah, I'd gotten this low point and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm going to do something else. I got to pay the bills. And it was like questioning the whole, the whole passion. Right. Yeah. And then, but it was like, that's, that's, you know, you go from where you think you're, you know, on top of the world to, on a lower point and then you start questioning things and then it forces you to kind of uh go back to your roots and try to figure out why you're doing what you're doing what it is it about you know directing telling stories that draws you and and it was definitely a necessary step for me i'd say it's fascinating that i think it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot with directors and filmmakers and producers we all talk about the we've got a film out let's do some pr but actually there's a really deep depressive side to filmmaking where we just we're, we're sometimes stuck in limbo it's stuck in post is the film or it comes out and doesn't do well and we're stuck in this sort of like <sighs> position Mm -hmm. where you know the buzz isn't on us anymore and we can't send scripts out as much or projects to projects aren't coming anymore and you, you you've got to fight hard to get back up there and like you said you could have given up you could have gone ah I'm not this this is a shit business it's really difficult <laughs> and you didn't what was it that changed in you what was it that made you go no I really want to do this I actually do uh, it, I believe in myself it's it's one of those things where there was no it, it's hard to say if there was like a one moment kind of a thing mm -hmm. it's more of you know after game of assassin came out it wasn't as success, successful as i thought i was disappointed in the film itself and then i had to kind of reassess okay like what kind of films do i want to make what kind of stories do i want to tell mm -hmm. uh you know i started writing more so i started yes. just getting back into writing and just mm -hmm. just writing getting scripts out and then I kept writing like these big budget movies, like these huge actioners or whatever. And I was like, I want to do these kind of movies. But then I was like, I can't get these made. You know what I mean? I'm like, why am I writing these like $50 million action movies that I don't have any way of getting made? You know what I mean? Like, cause I didn't have an agent at that point. I didn't have, I didn't have a manager yeah, and even at if that point. Did like the script yeah. it, someone else they'll go okay well you're not directing we're going to give it to this person you'll get totally. to producer credit and you'll be like um <laughs> and then they're yeah exactly it it's like that's not why it. i get that's why yeah. i'm doing this you know exactly I mean? so you were thinking right i have to think outside the box and make something that's a little bit more indie and make something totally. that can be mine and then 100%. you started writing 12 feet deep oh exactly your journey right okay which is so then, so then trapped. I, was like, yep, I love this trapped, in a trapped under yeah. fiberglass in a pool in olympic exactly. size pool how cool so is that, that what a great yeah. concept Oh, it was, it was brilliant. It was like one of those things where, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to get these huge movies made. What, what can I do that I know that I can kind of just figure out worst case I can, cause I knew a lot of actor friends. I was like, 
I live in LA. I know all these incredible actors. Let mm-hmm. me just get, let me just find a movie that I can do with like two really incredible actors, yep. stick them in one location and it'll be a, a badass little movie. You know what I mean? Cause I yep. know I'll get great performances. It'll be just be a cool concept. Yep. So I was like, okay, well what location has not been used for a single location thriller before? And, uh, it's funny. It's actually, I just started researching and looking stuff up and then, I actually can't swim, so I have this fear wow. of of like water and pools and stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Wait, what if you got stuck in a pool?" And you know, the thing. Clo- and I was like, and then I actually researched it and saw that that has actually happened to people. Uh, uh, yeah, it does. So, yeah. So I was like, "All right, let's see if we can, you know, make this work." You know, so I, I wrote the script, and and when I wrote the script, I was like, "Okay, I could shoot this for probably like a hundred grand, if even that. I mean, I could probably mm-hmm. use for like fifty in my backyard pool for." parents yeah. backyard pool if i have yeah, to not you, yours. I mean? you don't have one yeah, like, no, I don't I don't pool, one. yeah my parents <laughs> yeah, I can't swim. but uh but i was like oh this is, this is doable so but at the same time i was shopping the script around too to, to different producers that i knew and mm-hmm. you know i was like hey you know i got the script i'd love to do it if you can get me money for this you know let's do it it's a badass little concept meanwhile though i was already planning on shooting it myself like i was like whatever happens i'm going to i'm going to make this movie and um Lo and behold, there's this company that came back and they're like, oh, we'll finance it. We'll give you like half a million dollars, 500K. Wow. I was like, oh, okay. Well, wow. yeah, if it's between just doing it myself in my backyard and 500K, yeah, that's, well, I'll make it yeah, work. I'll, you know, I'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll to. figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, <laughs> Amazing. so yeah, that's how that came to be. And then just shooting that film again really reinvigorated my passion for, for filmmaking because it really was just bare bones literally like two actresses in a pool just how do you create tension how do you create suspense mm-hmm. how do you yeah. create the drama the performances it was really just uh it forced me to like get down to the nitty-gritty of just telling a good story and and uh and the film turned out and i was actually really proud of the way the film turned out and i was like oh, okay this is you know i i'm my confidence was back as a filmmaker. I was like, yes. okay, yeah, that's, this is it. You know what I mean? This is why I'm doing this. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And Nora J. Noon, uh, who I know, is she starred in that as well as Tobin Bell, which is she's really awesome. cool. She's awesome. She's awesome. awesome. Yeah. British actress. And yeah, she's yeah. great. So what was it that, how did you shoot in a pool like that? How did you, what was your, tactics you know you don't like water <laughs> what yeah. did you do i mean this that is your nightmare what was, right what was funny is i made sure to not tell anybody that i was af- like you know afraid of water or that i couldn't swim because i did was like really? yeah because i don't yeah. want the like the producers to know like wait are you gonna be in a what you don't know how to swim bro swim, like, yeah insurance this? reasons yeah ah. exactly it's like so i made sure to not tell anybody that but um but yeah, we, I figured out a way where a lot of the film was shot in like a shallow end. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was in the shallow end of the pool and, you know, when we were in the deep end, I was like gripping the, the edge of the pool really, really tightly side, to make sure. with a megaphone. Here, yeah. yeah, with a megaphone. <laughs> but um, no, it was definitely a challenge. That one was, that one was shot in 14 days. The challenging okay. thing with that one was... Um, Obviously, being in the water slows everything down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Nora and Alexandra Park, great, great actresses, great, but obviously, I mean, they're human beings. I mean, they get cold yeah. after a couple hours in the water. Yeah, and you can't so, have hot water either because of the steam and all sorts of bits and totally. pieces like that. And their fingers all go, um, you know why your fingers go all wrinkly? Do you know the reason why it happens, by the way, uh, when you're in water? Uh, is it because of, uh, it's like an evolutionary thing to do with grip or something like that? Exactly right. It's to do with yeah. grip. 
I, yeah. I found that out about a year ago. I said, that's amazing. It means that yeah. you can grip. As humans, we've learned that we could grip better if our fingers did that. Isn't that amazing? That is, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that so, yes, yeah, so it, it must have been a really incredible experience. And I love the fact that you fell back in love with filmmaking again. It was like, and I imagine it was very indie. I imagine the producers kind of, kind of went, yeah, okay, go on then, get, go, go make it. In totally. Way, which totally, is great. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. I mean, I had total creative freedom and, you know, there was obviously that bouncing back and forth of ideas too, but mm -hmm. it was definitely more of a, uh, it was a great collaboration. It was, it was a lot of fun and, you know, and then when the trailer came out and I was telling them, I'm like, guys, you gotta realize it's gonna be a viral concept. They're like, oh, it's fine. You know, I was like, just watch, man. And then the trailer, and I actually edited, edited the trailer myself. Sweet. because i wanted to because i was like they're gonna like i was watching some of the trailers that I, they cut and i was like no we, like let me just cut a trailer for you guys mm -hmm. so i can tell you right now i can like if you build enough mystery people yeah. will get hooked and so i cut the trailer and then i was and i was like you guys can cut your own trailer but just look at this one just just so you see it yeah and then when i showed it to them they're like oh this is awesome yeah let's release this and i'm like yes when they released the trailer and then it just went viral like crazy yep and, as uh, it should open, it's yeah, cool. and then it just so opened cool. up a lot of doors yeah and what do you just before we get to that next step what you learned by this point then to what tips from your first two films um uh, had you learned that you brought to work with actors to work with crew were you better what, all those type of things oh totally i mean there was that bit of like rust because i hadn't been on like literally between gauntlet and 12 feet deep I don't think I'd been on set for like five or six years. That's how much time had elapsed, My you God. know, between isn't, that. So it was like... Isn't that amazing, right? I find this fascinating. DPs are on yeah. set a lot. Uh, sound oh, yeah. department, makeup, actors. Time. As directors, we're not. And we have mm -hmm. to get our muscle going, which is why we shoot other things in between, whatever we can to keep that going. But five right. years to not be on set. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a little intimidating at first, but then, you know, it's funny how quickly I just fell back into, uh, into it, those yeah. into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just like, okay, these are the things I do. And, and definitely I'd learned to trust actors more. You know, my yeah. first couple of films, I was more like, oh, I got to tell this person how to do it this way. Or, you know, this is my vision. I have to make sure my vision comes through. You know what I mean? But it yeah. was like, no, man, like I want to I want these actors to elevate the material. I want them to like now if an actor doesn't come to me with ideas, I started like question their motive. I'm like, are you, are you passionate about this project or not? Because you're not coming. You're just asking me to tell you what to do. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I need an actor to bring ideas, elevate this material. Like how like you have to know this character more than I do. You know totally. what I mean? And yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh Definitely with, uh, you know, with Alexandra and uh, Nora, like they, they helped elevate the script and, you know, we did rehearsals and that was the first time that I'd actually done rehearsals before on a film, which I thought was super beneficial because you get, so to, so get to go through that journey. Oh, it's so yeah. important. You go so through the journey and you talk through everything and I got to practice things I normally wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I come um, from the theatre background, so rehearsal to me is like, well, of course we're going to rehearse it. You know, totally. I love doing that. And it's, it was fascinating going on to film where people were like, no, no, just sort of get on with it. And you're like, no, 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 the actors, come on, give yeah. them a chance here. It's this, you know, we're all in this together. I love collaboration. Totally. And I love that you said that. And I think it's so important that actors and crew bring their own voice and energy to it. Otherwise, like you say, you're just telling them where to stand and what to do. Yeah, um, exactly. 
fascinating. And do, had you learned much more about camera techniques? And obviously, you knew so much anyway. Were you were you elevating sort of stuff that you learned in the past and also on the last two films and saying, what can I do here that's slightly different in the pool? And what can I? Where can I move the camera? Was it a case of that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, no, there was definitely, uh, you know, I'd learn a bit more visual language of cinema is always just expanding and growing. With 12 Feet Deep, for example, I was trying to find a way to create claustrophobia. So if you watch that film, there's a lot of the first two thirds of the film, you know, we have the uh, the camera on a uh, jib arm hanging up on the water. Mm -hmm. And as the film progresses, the camera starts dipping lower and lower into the water, getting closer, it goes into handheld. Those like smooth like moves turn into more of like these kind of chaotic uh, handheld camera stuff. And the water line is literally touching the lens. And so there's a lot more in terms of creating like an aesthetic that that grows over the course of 90 minutes was definitely a challenging thing. And just because it, I mean, we could spend an hour talking about single location thrillers because mm -hmm. there's a way to do those kind of movies. Yeah. Um, because you're you're literally in one location for 90 yeah. minutes, right? So you how do you make, make that it? How do you make visually, it? Yeah, totally. yeah. Visually, visually interesting, interesting, right? Yeah. How do you make something visually interesting for 90 minutes? And mm -hmm. there's certain ways to do that with, you know, with the camera and with the color and with the aesthetic and it has, there has to be enough visual variety so that, yeah. uh, so that your eye is constantly kind of drawn in and, and, and finding new things. And, totally. and that was all, all part of it. And it, it helped when, um, when you like plan things out, a lot of prep, a lot of storyboarding, a lot of shot listing, but then at the, in, at that time, after doing a few movies, I was more confident in coming up with things in the, on the day. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you could have it all yeah. planned out, but then you're in the water and you're just like, okay, well, what if we go this? Oh, this looks way cooler. Let's point in this direction instead, or there's more yeah. depth in this direction. You know, why are we looking at this wall here? So yep. you totally definitely build that confidence. You build that confidence over several movies where you can trust your instincts more. Totally agree with that. If you're prepped and you know your film and you know how you could shoot this and then something changes, brilliant because it's better and you only can bring new things, but at least you're prepared. It's not like you don't know what you want. You know what you want, but actually this is better. That's the best place to be as far as I'm concerned. It sounds like you were and you nailed it. And 12 Feet Deep is amazing. Go see it, everyone. Uh, it is available. Um, go get it. So then we move on to your first uh, working with Bruce Willis with yeah. Trauma Center. So tell Trauma us how Center. this happened. How do you get Bruce Willis to star in your movie? Yeah, <laughs> so basically um, uh, I met him in a bar you know, bought him a drink. No, I was joking. <laughs> I did not like that. Had a great night. Yeah, I had a great night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just uh, convinced him, please be my movie, Bruce. No, no, it was. <laughs> so after 12 Feet Deep opened up a lot of doors, I got a manager, I got an agent finally after like six years of not having any reps at all. Like I was just doing stuff on my own for six years trying to get stuff going. Yep. So 12 Feet finally opened some doors. And do you think it helps yeah. just on that side of things, having the manager, having the agents? Do you 100%, think it makes a big 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, you can't wait around for them to bring opportunities to you. You got to create your own opportunities, but definitely having, uh, you know, having reps that'll introduce you to other people is a great kind of leverage for sure. I definitely recommend people, you know, don't wait around for it, obviously, but, you sure. know, it's a, it's a, at some point in your career, you definitely need it. So, so I was able to get reps from 12 feet deep and then they introduced me to like a bunch of producers and the producers that I'd met with. <clears throat> it was funny. I was actually working on uh, survive the night, which was called the long night at the time. So I was working on that script, a home invasion thriller. And when we finished the script with the writer, 
uh, we started shopping it around and there's this one company EFO. They love the script. They're like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's a cool script. Let's do it. And I was like, okay, I'm cool. I'm attached to direct it. And they're like, this is great. All right, cool. We're going to shoot this in 2019 or whatever. And I was like, awesome. Yeah. Great. So yeah. it was about, it's like, it was like, we started developing the script more. They gave us notes. We started doing that. And then I got a call from those producers like uh, a month into working with them in development on on Survive the Night. And they're like, oh, we have this other film called Trauma Center. And the director fell through for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, really? And he was like, yeah, do you want to read the script and 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 tell us what you think? And it's got Bruce Willis in it. And I'm like, wait, what? what? It's um, got who? Okay, yeah, yeah. hell okay. yeah, send me the script, man. Yeah. Kind so, of interested already. <laughs> Yeah, I'm already I'm already curious, you know. Oh, and they're yeah. like, oh, it's, and they're like, oh, because you shot this contained thriller with uh, in a pool. Mm-hmm. Can you do the same thing in in a in a hospital? Because this is all set in a hospital. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, shit! If we can make a pool look interesting, I think we can make an entire hospital work uh, as a as a single yeah. location. <laughs> so then I read the script, and I was like, okay, I, I I totally hooked into it. It had an interesting kind of through line with. Uh, the main uh, pr- protagonist, her character, her arc. It's very uh, kind of like you see her grow from a waitress into like this badass fighting against these two corrupt cops. And mm-hmm. it was a very cool sort of buildup of tension, suspense. Um, and it kind of drew me in. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, let me. And then, and then an opportunity to work with Bruce. I was like, hell yeah. So like, yeah. let's do it. You know, I'll, I'll make it work. And then we shot that in Puerto Rico and we only had, um, it was a 12 day shoot. So that was only shot in 12 days. I, I'm, I, this is amazing for me. Why is it? It's a money thing. I mean, it's, it's a total money thing. Right. It's, uh, it's a total thing where, um, basically to get Bruce or to get somebody of that caliber, there's a certain amount of the budget that has to be dedicated to that. Yeah. So then they're left with X Nothing. amount and, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, we trust you, Matt. We can make it happen. So then you hire a director who's already done, like, you know, 14 days. Like, okay, we're going to take two more days out of it, yeah. figure it out. And it's definitely challenging. It's it, it was it was a challenging film, but I was definitely reinvigorated as a filmmaker before that. So, so you, I already, really, you were up for it. You're going, yeah, we can do it. And plus, it's working with Bruce Willis. So you're thinking, well, I've got yeah. to take this opportunity. I'd be silly not to. Totally, but, totally. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, we got we were in Puerto Rico. We got to... We found a great location, a cool hospital. Yep. Got to work with some fun actors. Got to yeah, practice. Nikki Whelan's amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. She's yeah. awesome in that movie. She totally owns that movie, uh-huh. and it was a, it was a cool experience. Like you said, just shooting more movies. I I became even more confident as a director. Uh, you know, just being able to plan things out and shooting a movie in twelve days was a great experience in terms of like okay. Uh, trusting yourself, trusting your instincts. There's no time to to double to double uh, double yeah. guess or second double guess. guess. Yeah. You know it's what I like, mean? Yeah. This is it. Let's get on with this it. Shoot, it. Shoot, yeah, shoot. it's gone. Shoot. Yeah, totally. So and was, imagine now you're shooting digital. So you're literally like, yeah, yeah. That'll, let's punch in there. Let's go there. Go, go, go. And 100%, that's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, move so, as fast as you can. So yeah, so that was uh, that was how that came to be. And then once we finished that, it turned out it turned out well. They got what they need. We got what we needed. Came out. And then jumped right into Survive the Night, basically. Wow. And, and just before we do that, how was it working with Bruce? That first moment, did you have phone calls with him? Did you have any rehearsal it with was, him? It was. No, and- God, no. I wish. <laughs> so so the way it is, is um, so that first experience, I was like, you know, I'd heard some horror stories like, oh, man, Bruce, like, you know, Kevin Smith hates working. And I'm like, wait, like, okay. Yeah. But then I'm like, this is going to be interesting. So... 
I started looking at interviews behind the scenes stuff of Bruce, where he talks about like working with M night, mm-hmm. working with, you know, uh, Terry Gilliam or some of these other directors. And I noticed he always mentioned how like M night had a strong vision and he, you know, he talked him through his costume and every little detail and this and this. And I started realizing like Bruce, man, he's the type of actor. Every actor is different. Yes. Bruce, I could tell was the type of actor that wants a director to take charge, take control and know what he wants mm-hmm. and not waste his time dicking it around or whatever. So yeah. I could just sense from the way he was talking about like M night and how strong M night's vision was. And I was like, okay, I got to go in this with like a very firm understanding of what I want from Bruce. Mm-hmm. Otherwise he's going to kind of like, you know, it's not going to be a fun experience. No. So my first time working with him, it was, you know, you only get to shoot with him for two days and you, and it's an eight hour, eight hours a day oh my is the way God. it is. And you, you have to shoot. Keep- Oh my you get God. 30, 30 pages in two days and it's, <laughs> and it's like five different sets and you're like more, yeah. so it was like eight or nine different sets. And you're like, Oh, and an action scene. And I was, it's like, how do you guys put like, this is insane. So, mm-hmm. so it was a, it was a cool learning experience just to see what, what works and what doesn't with that yeah, kind of you model must have to have a, a double for bruce so you can do the reverse oh yeah for sure there, there's a double that comes in and does like his over the shoulder which mm-hmm. which kind of sucked for like nikki for some of, of the course, scenes but yeah. but um but i oh. made sure to learning from that i was like okay i started seeing what bruce does what he likes how he likes certain scenes like like the character he played in trauma center there was mm-hmm. no emotional stakes there was no uh there was no depth to the character and i was like and they gave him like some of these pages i was looking at they're like they're giving him these like monologues ex- exposition wow. i was like yeah. i was like why are we giving freaking bruce willis like a page yeah. of exposition to do man like let's like let's, let's not waste like no let's not waste let's bruce give this willis to another character man like, <laughs> yeah totally get him running around or something give yeah, him a look do s- anything <laughs> something different so mm. it's, and i was like okay so just learning from what what I got from that, I was like, okay, I need to take this for the next film and tailor the next script and the next character for what I think Bruce's strengths are in terms of being able to shoot in two days. You know what I mean? Like if we had, you know, two two weeks like M Night does, it's a whole yeah. other thing. But totally you know, since we're trying to cram in thirty pages in, you know, in freaking two two days, it's you have to tailor that, right? So that was that was my learning experience from. From and did you know that at that point that Bruce was potentially interested in Survive the Night as well, or did it depend on how well you worked together? It depended on that experience, okay. but um, Bruce, you know, the relationship was strong. Where it was like he he liked it, he liked me, we, I liked him, so it was like, yeah, let's do another one. So, so, so yeah, passed. I was able. To, yeah, <laughs> totally. What was yeah. that first moment when you had to direct him though? Was like you say, you you went in there strong. So were you just like at that point just treat him like the same as everyone else, same as Nikki, just go for it. Totally, you know, like I basically. Um, he did it was start like, shouting, "Bruce, do it better! Like, What's wrong with you?" The <laughs> first, ex- <laughs> the first experience of Bruce actually was because um, you do get like he shows up to set, he shows up on his yeah. private jet, he, they yeah they bring him on set, and then he goes to his trailer. And this is like an hour, two hours before we shoot. So then I actually get to talk to him for a couple, you know, for a little bit before we dive into the script. So then like, uh, so I show up in his trailer, he's just chilling out. He's like, how's it going, bro? I'm like, how's it going, bro? You know, we just like, we hug it out we sit down in his trailer and 
and um, I just started talking about the character and he started, you know, it was just like a, like any other actor. And, and then he's like, and I asked him like, what do you think of this character? I wanted to pick his brain and see like, mm. you know, what do you think of this character? And he had some interesting ideas and, and he's like, can I try something? And I was like, yeah, like, dude, you're hell. Yeah. I'd love to see what you can do. So then um, <laughs> the first scene though was like, he, he shows up. He's like, can I try something? I was like, yeah, man, Bruce probably like show to show it to me, man. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. He showed like the scene was written in a very specific, I don't know if you saw trauma center, but yeah. he's walking out from a detective's office and he has okay. this like moment where he has his back and forth with another detective and Bruce shows up and he took it to this like crazy. He walks out of the detective's office. He takes off his sunglasses and the other guy starts like asking him question. He's like, what do you fucking want? He just like throws his keys down. He slams the door. Like he starts screaming. It was like a scene from like heat or something. Right. And I was wow. like, holy shit. And I just started watching as my mouth was like, it was a totally different take than I was expecting. But I was like, holy shit. Bruce is just, he was just started ad libbing. He just started going, you're a disappointment. Blah. I was, he was like, the other actor wasn't anticipating it. So it was kind of like funny watching it all unravel. Amazing. And okay. I was like, whoa. And then I, and then after the scene, I called cut, I went up to Bruce and he, He's like, what'd you think? And I was like, he started smiling. I was like, I was like, that was interesting. That was like heat or something. You know, it was reminding me of like Michael Mann's heat. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, let me do one a little bit more subdued now. We got that. Let's try mm-hmm. like a little bit more like subdued now. You know, he's like, okay, okay. So it was, it was oh interesting. That is fascinating. That is fascinating. And he, the thing yeah. is, if you'd said, let's do one more subdued and he'd gone, no, 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 I want to do it like that. That would have been really difficult. But I think what's great yeah. is that he said, okay, fine, fine. You know, yeah. and plus he was probably testing you to see if you could direct as well, because if yeah. you'd gone, no, Bruce, that was amazing. He'd have gone, ah, oh, this, it's going to be shit. Yeah. But the fact that you went, nah, let's, let's not do that. Thanks, Bruce. He yeah. probably, yeah. I've heard they, I've heard that that can happen. They'll test you with the first one and just go nuts and see what you do as a director. And totally. wow. You must have been you must have been heart in your mouth type moment where you're going oh god how am I gonna say something here? <laughs> it was more of just like wow that's gonna be an interesting experience you know what I mean it's like it's gonna be fun yeah you're gonna keep uh, this up the whole time Bruce because totally yeah totally I've it's got eight hours today now eight hours tomorrow so <laughs> I love it Trauma Center again it's just such a wonderful film and it's great to see your progression as that cool. filmmaker especially to shoot yeah. that in 12 days so yeah. cool so now we come on to your, to the latest Survive the Night, your second yeah. in the Bruce Willis, Willis trilogy. Uh, the third one isn't out yet. But so Survive the Night. Now this is obviously you've written it as well. So this changes stuff because it's your baby, uh, right? Oh, you certainly developed it a lot. Um, totally. So let's talk us through this now. So now you're, you've done Trauma Center. Has it come mm-hmm. out yet before you'd started shooting? Or well, it, it technically it started, uh, I started post on, um, on Trauma Center. And then I already was already starting prep on on Survive the Night, basically, like because okay. they wanted to do that one right away. So at, as soon as we finished post on Trauma Center, we flew out to Georgia and started prepping uh, the long night, Survive the Night. Yep. So it was like literally like rolling from one film right into the next was a great experience. Mm. Uh, just taking all the taking everything that we just did and then being able to push it another level was was definitely a great experience and now that i knew okay so these are the type of scenes bruce likes doing this is what i can get from him in this eight hour period yeah Uh, this is like the best way to tell the story so i was like okay i'm gonna make sure that you know i'm gonna give like i'm gonna raise the stakes for bruce in every fuck in every scene right yeah his wife's gonna die in a scene 
Um, you know, he has to have an arc with his son in this movie. There's like this uh, judgmental relationship between hit father and son. And, you know, so I was like trying to really dig into the character so that when Bruce picked up the script for the first time, I want to make sure he could see like this wasn't just another like he's not just showing up to give exposition now. Like this is like real stuff now. Right. Like, like, yeah. So I was curious to see like, okay, can we pull this off? And, and, um, again, did you have two days with him? Same thing. thing. Two days, eight hours. And what's interesting was survive the night. He's in the film for like 45 minutes. Yeah. He's in a lot, a lot more than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. And those are things people like, I honestly think I'd love to see somebody find me a movie where, he's in the film for 45 minutes where he only had two days. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I, like I'm find amazed. me a movie, man. Find me a movie. Like I love what well. I really, I, I love the fact you kept the camera on him as well. You know, when oh, he was 100%. doing looks and move, I was like, well, of course it's Bruce Willis, but at the same time he was still doing stuff. He wasn't totally. just phoning it in or just going, right, I'm here. He was, I mentioned those two days. He was proper focused and going, right. Okay. Well, this is what I've got to do. But two days, I'm just going to deliver and deliver and deliver. And he, he seemed to do that. When he showed up on set for it, I was like, okay, I'm going to see what's going to, but like I met him at his trailer right away. And, you know, I was like, Hey, Bruce, good to see you again. How's it going, brother? You know? And he, and then his manager looked at me and he's like, Bruce really liked the script. And I was like, Oh shit. Like Bruce liked the script. Like, yeah. Like I was like, that was like nice. So like, so right away I knew that, um, Bruce was going to like turn it on. Mm -hmm. So, and then he started coming up with ideas already. He's like, what if I, uh, He's like, what if I play this as an alcoholic? And I was like, "Ah, I don't know about that, Bruce, but (laughs) let's think of some other stuff, some backstory and this and this. So then, uh, so then we went back and forth on it. And then as soon he did, the first scene he did was the one between him and Chad, father and son, where he's sitting down on the rocking chair Mm -hmm. and he just like turned it on. And I was like, whoa, man, I love it. You know, like, I was like, we got the best, like, I honestly feel like I got the best Bruce that you could possibly get at this point in his career, you know, just because he's done so much, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, I saw that energy, that twinkle in his eye and I was like, whoa. And then we go upstairs and then, and he was like pushing me. And that's the opening scene for him in the film as well, isn't it? So it's totally Chad Michael totally. comes through the door and have that moment. There's Bruce sat there. And if that was the first scene you shot with him, he, he really was fantastic. He was great. You were like, oh, he's not just going to phone it in. He's brilliant. He's already totally. delivering Bruce Willis. And you're like, yeah. And then I noticed there. he was, he was like, okay, when are we doing the scene with the hus- husband and grandma in, in the bed? And so he just, he wanted to go do like the net, like the, emotional the meaty character. Stuff, yeah. emotional. So I was like, oh shit, like, let's go do it, man. Let's like, you know, so then, um, did you have all the, was everyone ready? All the rooms were already set and ready just oh, in you case have we had to, to jump. Really? Right. The preparation Cast. to do this kind of a movie in 10 yeah. days, oh. there's no time to waste with anything. You have to be on top of every little detail all the time any little mistake could cost you you know what i mean so especially in those two bruce days so on those two bruce days you break down every hour exactly where you're going to be what's going to happen how long in your mind as a director you have to know how many takes you're going to get because if you get too many takes of something Mm -hmm. you know then you are losing time you know what i mean so you have to be editing in, in your head exactly how that shot's going to go to the next shot, to the next shot, to the next shot. Because if you're not, you're screwed, basically. I mean, you're not getting Bruce to show up again. You no know way. what I mean? So it's, it's yeah, like he's showing up for two days, for eight hours. There's no pickups with Bruce, right? No. And if you don't get those, I think it's uh, contractually obligated. He has to be in the film for um, for like 20, 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Okay. Contractually, 
if the studio doesn't get those 20 minutes, like you're going to be big. The producers are going to come after you as the director. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what? Because you sign yeah. you're signing in a contract saying that you're going to get 20 minutes of Bruce for them. You know what I mean? So if you don't get that, it's big, big trouble. So, so you are you planning re- then to do reverses and things like that on, say, Chad or Lydia? hundred percent. Yeah, that was the thing. No, well, no, because I learned from the first film. I was like, if you look at this one, I'd say about 75% of the reverses. I found ways to shoot the scenes where either A, I wouldn't need to get reverses or because it was a two shot of Bruce and Chad. Like mm-hmm. if you look at the scene with Chad and Bruce where he does the surgery on Chad's shoulder, yep. that's all Bruce. That's like a five Is minute it? scene of just oh, Bruce. Th- yeah. Oh, because I, no. I thought at one point that's not Bruce. That's his standing no, doing the other no, side. No, that's oh, Bruce the whole time. Because wow, okay. I was like, because that was one of the things like after I did Trauma Center, I was like, it's not really fair to to these actors like Nikki yeah, Will and like she's saying to be in, or whatever to do, yeah, do it's re- like do this isn't fair again. like they're doing yeah. this when we did it to do a scene with a legend like Bruce like I'm going to schedule these such that Chad every scene he does with Bruce we get it we cover it whether it's a two shot whether like there's actually um there's inserts in the film yeah like normally when you shoot a film with Bruce you don't get inserts with Bruce's hands like in no. this I got Bruce's hand inserts on hand. I was like, oh all right, Bruce, God. we're doing an insert in your hands. He's like, all right. So we could do like close up of his hands. It's your time, like, man. Right, exactly. So it was He's like. looking at the clock. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, but you know, it's like after having worked with him, I knew exactly what I wanted. Right. And I knew I had enough time to do it. And I was like, I don't want to have to go back and get like, no, man, Bruce is here. And they would tell me, it was funny. They would tell me like, oh, Bruce doesn't do inserts. He doesn't do over the shoulders. And I'm like, why man he's another actor like just just get put the camera over his shoulder and shoot it man he's love to do it and then so we're like okay bruce so you're not in this one it's just over your shoulder he's like cool shows that's amazing like i don't know why people like why are people saying this man just Mm, get what you want just tell him what you want get it and move on and maybe it's because you were a good director with him and you're a great director in itself so therefore he trusted you and was like i'll be here whereas like i said on that first day if he'd said i'm gonna do it this way and you'd gone okay bruce he'd have gone (laughs) "Uh, i'm not turning up for the reverses this film shit yeah i don't care about it it'll get buried on video somewhere no one cares it might even come out whereas here he's like i like this guy i'll do what he wants Um, totally that's totally. incredible so yeah so i love the fact that you planned it and you did so even the shots on chad michael murray when it's his close-up and it's he went and talking to bruce you were like bruce is sat in the chair yeah That's no totally like in in that amazing. scene where bruce and chad are having their first conversation together yeah i was like all right bruce we're done with you we're, we're just stay there keep in dialogue we're gonna do it on chad now so we turn around we got chad's close-up and it was like there you go man and he was there he was ready to do it again he tried it he came up to me like he whispered like kind of changed the line i was like love it man change it you know what i mean like you had this like adjustment for changing one lines and the scene that blew me away was the one in the bedroom with his wife Mm. because i wasn't sure because on the script it says like he starts like a little water coming from his eyes he cries a little bit and i was like all right bruce i I was like i kind of teased him a little i was like i'm looking forward to seeing you cry in this one i'm like looking forward (laughs) to seeing john you know looking forward to some tears and he's like he just kind of nodded me he has this like look where he just nods at me i was like oh shit what's he gonna do so then in the rehearsal, there's just like tears streaming down his eyes. And I was like, oh, I was like turn over, turn over the camera. I was like, I was like, how, like dude, did, did you guys shoot this? I'm like, why are we not rolling, man? Yeah. Bruce is crying. Like, oh, we shoot the rehearsal. I was like, just shoot the rehearsal. Yeah. It's Bruce Willis. We'll get something. I know. I was so pissed. I was like, ah, but then we obviously, and then so, so then Bruce looked at me. He's like, how was that? 
I was like, Bruce, that was amazing. But that was rehearsal, man. Let's, let's save it. Let's save it. For and then he was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, sometimes I can cry, you know, and I'm like, shit. So then we rolled with it and we got that scene. And I thought it was like one of the more powerful scenes in the film, you know, between, it really is. It's between, really great. Yeah. So between them and, and it was just interesting. And, and one of the, I got to mention one of the other scenes we did that shows like his caliber as an actor. So like, and this is the type of stuff I love doing with actors is on the script. There's a scene where after his wife dies, he's out in the woods. He's like running away, he run, runs away. Yeah. He's running away. He's running away from his own mm -hmm. and the guy's chasing him or whatever. And I was like, okay. So, and it's just a quick beat. I was like, all right, Bruce, I just need you to you run, you land on this tree and then you just take off. Right. Yeah. And then he just looked at me. He's like, okay. And then so on action, he comes over he leans against the tree he whispers his his wife's name he's like rachel rachel and then he just pushes himself off the tree and then he does this like scream of like agony and pain you know he just yells like his predator scream and i was like the hell was that i was like that wasn't in this i was like okay and i was like what the hell was that and i started laughing to myself i was like that was that predator scream like what the hell was that yeah and then um and then i was like huh okay that's probably not gonna make the movie or whatever mm -hmm. and then <laughs> I go into the editing room and then the editor was like, dude, that was genius. That little bit that Bruce just like, you know, yelled and like had that ache, pain and agony and this. And I was like, oh shit. And then I watched it and I was like, holy cow, like that was beautiful, man. That was an interesting choice. Like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? incredible. Because at the time you could go, Bruce, we've talked about this. What's wrong with you? I've only got you for another few hours. <laughs> right. So he'll make these. So and that's cool. the things I realize is like, a lot of great actors, what makes them great is they make unpredictable choices, right? Mm. It's not always the safe, boring choice that certain actors make that are very kind of like, oh, there's a scene where you walk in, you scream, or there's a scene where you walk in, you cry. There's like, you just, they're so instinctual. And I think that's what Bruce's talent is. And he still has it is he just comes in and he just instinctually just does something. And you're just like, what the hell is that? Sometimes it's like completely off. And you're mm -hmm. like, no, nah, it doesn't work. But then sometimes you'll do it and you're like, dude, that was like masterful. That was like, legend. where the hell did that come from? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. Yeah. And also because he, the pressure's off a little bit as well. So he can yeah. probably go, do you know what? I can cry here or I can get him emotional here or I can get angry here because he's going, well, it, it's relaxed. And when you're mm -hmm. relaxed, that's sometimes the best performances from actors, you know? hundred uh, percent. He is so relaxed. I mean, I've never seen some, like any actor. He's just so cool calm i think that's just his personality but he's just like so calm cool collected i mean it's just amazing like so i see some of the actors just watching him and they're like oh shit you know what i mean yeah it so. must have been great for like chad michael murray in this one and nikki wheeling in the last one i mean all your cast in this one were fantastic you know you, i thought totally. the two guys who you had i think it's tyler and uh shear is that right who oh played? yeah no tyler and shay beautiful those characters oh, oh beautiful man just the brothers I amazing. was like, these two are amazing. Why have I not seen them, you know, properly? I know he was in Gotti and uh, they've all been yeah. great stuff. But I was like, these two are stars, man. These really, totally. really good performances. I um, think both of those guys have a long career, especially Shay was, mm. uh, he was one of those actors that I hadn't worked with before. But um, I've always said like, oh, I'd love to work with, you know, you hear about stories about like obsessive actors who are like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis kind of people that just kind of method or whatever. They're just like obsessed with the character and they're just like show up to set and, you know, they never turn it off or whatever. And um, I was like, oh, I'd love to work with those kind of actors. I'd be kind of curious to see like, what's that experience like? 
And funnily enough, when we cast Shay, the dude was so obsessed with the character. He just showed up completely like prepared and in it and with ideas. And it was just like, like it took the whole thing to another level. It's like, which you need when you've got 10 days, because if you're trying to find, like they're trying to find the characters or performances, you're like, Oh, we haven't got time. I'm now got to do another take with them. And it's like, everyone's looking at the clock going, nah, come on, you got to move on. Yeah. And then you got people like that just delivering amazing performances. How let's, let's break it down then in terms of your 10 days. Mm -hmm. How did you, prepare how did you fully go right here's how i need to shoot this movie in 10 days because it is full-on action there's blood that, like I say, yeah there's how? there's a lot how? it's uh i don't i don't even know it's impossible <laughs> we did the impossible i'm not gonna lie you, you did, but you i'm did, like did. i'm like i'm like if somebody can find me a better movie shot in 10 days with this I much action and stuff mm-hmm. i loved it i'd love to pay pal the guy 100 bucks because i don't know man it's just 100 bucks that's all you get that's it maybe a coffee tell me how you yeah exactly yeah exactly tell me how you do it i'd love to know yeah but it was it was just a combination of preparation and editing and there's no way I could have done the movie in 10 days had I not had the prior experience of a working with Bruce and then B yes. just having so many films under my belt as a director, yep. having both successful and non-successful films, knowing what's possible under those time constraints, being confident enough in what I'm shooting, how I'm shooting it, how it's lit, not concerned about the minutia and stuff that, doesn't really matter you know what i mean sometimes mm-hmm. you know when you're in that kind of constraint it's like little continuity things or whatever sometimes you have to understand like you know what's important and what's not yes. and then really the most important thing is just editing the movie in your head i mean there was times when i knew exactly what take was going to cut to the next take and how that thing was going to cut to the other thing and that was just because of sitting in an editing room for five other movies over the course of like all these years. Like I know exactly what works, what doesn't based on the way I shoot. Right. Yes. So I I love that. And I agree with that. Editing. It's it's so important to be editing as you're shooting as a director. You have to have so much in your head and it's really hard, but that's your job. hundred percent. That's, that's your job is like Mm -hmm. nobody else is editing the movie in their head while you're going along. Right. It's just, you are that's doing that right like the producers are have a million other things that they're doing so, and yeah. they're trusting you and you know they're looking at the coverage and they're watching how it's shot and they're like, oh, okay got the wide and then go to the close but you are literally having to cut the film in your head because you're like did i get this right performance mm-hmm. is this gonna yeah. you know match up to what was there and then yeah. this and then how that. does this how do i get out of this scene to lead yeah, it to the next do sure. i need a why do i need it what is it but i've got to get i can't cut from a close to a close so totally. what is it i need and it's totally. true yeah i i because I, I learned to edit years ago and made so many promos and brand media and ads and long form films before I made my first feature so I'd learnt to edit I'm so glad I did it made a huge difference I don't edit my movies but the fact that I can edit means when I'm directing I'm going okay that could cut from there ah okay I need something else here I I need a wide or I need this I need a hand I need something so it's important to do that and as much as your DP and you work with Brian Koss again on this as well as um, Trauma Centre they're doing their brilliant job as well but and they're cutting as well but not as much as you as a director has to have the whole movie in your head yeah you have to and Um, that was an interesting point that you brought up with you don't edit your own movies and I think that's actually a good thing mm -hmm. because as a filmmaker yeah you're you're cutting you're cutting your movie as you're going along as you're shooting you have to be able to do that but then give all that to an editor who you trust 
and let them look at it with fresh eyes. You know what I mean? And I think that is where the film could get elevated once again, right? Because you have this whole movie mapped up in your head. You got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You can do it now. You show up to the editing room and then let somebody else who you trust give it a a fresh pass. They might find things like they found that moment with Bruce yelling into the, into the moonlight. You know what I mean? Like I would have never used it. I would just sort of been like, Oh, just, Totally, you'd have told the story, totally you'd have told the story that you thought you should tell and the same totally. with my editor Oliver Parker who's done my last two films he brought right. stuff to the table I'd never have thought of he went we well, don't need that scene move that scene to there have this first or do that look and, and you go oh gosh that totally changes so much so having that relationship with your editor is, is vital as well that 100%. you trust each other same as your DP um, yeah. a- amazing I-, I love this story thank you so much for sharing and now obviously Hard Kill your next Bruce Willis movie you've yeah. shot this already right this is yeah that one we're still in post on so it's still in post-production we're still kind of working on it um that one was like a totally different movie it's like a heist action thriller it's totally different kind of film but uh (laughs) a lot of action a lot of shootouts and stuff which was a whole other thing to deal with right Um, did you get more than 10 days on this one no we got 10 days on that one too (laughs) oh my god because they're because it was the same producers they were like oh dude you did in 10 days i was like i know but this and i looked at the script i was like Wait a second, this has like all these shoot, this is like 10 times harder to do, man. There's all these shootouts and stuff. And they're like, well, you did that one then. Yeah, and this I was is like, the well, problem. you did a car chase. You Definitely, did a car chase. Yeah, so you did you a great car it. chase as well. Oh, I, I find that's a really interesting thing to talk about is that producers do, they go, oh, well, you shot it in 10 days or you shot it for uh, half a mil. Well, you can do the next one for a bit less, maybe nine yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. push yourself a bit more. And you're like, no, no, push no, no, your... I need more money. <laughs> I need more time. Uh, but that's exactly. what they think. But then you get to make movies. What we talked about at the very beginning of this is you'd never have been able to do this movie in 10 days and with Bruce if you hadn't oh, yeah. have made movies. So that's 100%. the point I say a lot is go shoot movies. Even if it's on an iPhone, go shoot movies. Because 100%. it doesn't matter. They don't have to go anywhere, but you've learned. And you learn all the time, um, which is yeah. amazing. Um, so people can go watch uh, Survive the Night, July the 27th. You can watch this movie. Do support. Uh, it's amazing. It's brilliant. The fact it's shot in 10 days now, you know that. Go watch it and be amazed. Uh, totally. And then go uh, find Matt on um, on Twitter or Instagram and tell Instagram, him how amazing sure. he is. Instagram. What's your Instagram <laughs> handle, sir? It's just Matt Iskandari. Matt and Skandari. There you go. Yeah. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Cool, Are you cool. on Twitter at all? Do you use Twitter much? No, I've um, I've avoided Twitter. Just yeah. I can't I can't see it. I can't. I'm not going to do it. It's <laughs> I'm avoiding as much. So, totally. Different vibe. Totally. It works it's for us. T- it works for the podcast. It works for what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, and yeah, that's for sure. A lot of our listeners are so. Um, this has been so much fun, Matt. Thank you so much. I really appreciate, yeah, appreciate your time it. to talk about yeah. this a lot. Um, you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod, and if you do like this, do tell your friends and pass it on because amazing knowledge you've learned today and you can from all our 170 odd other podcasts that are out there as well you can follow me at Giles Alderson and remember if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well like Matt has done it is your duty to send the elevator back down until next Tuesday take care stay safe and go out there and try and make your film make it happen take care everyone bye bye